0: Back in the olden days, the late 60s and early 70s, there was a man who played in the NFL who would stand under the crossbar and make an attempt to block an incoming field goal. Now, normally when a team wants to block an incoming field goal, the players will jump up at the line of scrimmage and reach their hands up and try to hit the ball as it is leaving the kicker's foot. Or, the outermost players will try to run around the line and throw themselves in front of the ball. But why haven't we seen any players in today's game stand under the crossbar and goaltended? Well, before we can go there, let's begin by understanding what defines a field goal in a brief backstory of points in the goalpost position. The NFL defines a field goal as such. A field goal is made by kicking the ball from the field of play through the plane of the opponent's goal which is an area either between the goal posts and above the crossbar or if above the goal post between the outside edges of the goal post a field goal is made by a drop kick or a place kick from either a on or behind the line of play from scrimmage or b during a fair catch kick now To leave out any confusion, a fair catch kick is a drop kick or a place kick without a tee from the spot of a fair catch in an attempt to score a field goal. Now, in 1883, we saw the scoring system created. It gave field goals five points and touchdowns and conversions four points each. Soon, in 1897, we saw the touchdown raised to five, and the conversion was lowered to just a singular point. Field goals were then reduced to four points in 1904, and then reduced to three just five years later in 1909. The touchdown was then increased to the modern-day six points in 1912, and the two-point conversion wasn't a thing until the NCAA created it in 1958, and the NFL waited until 1994 to adopt it. Now, the goalpost originally was located on the goal line until it was moved in 1927 following safety concerns as players ran into it and they might injure themselves or it sometimes did interfere with the play itself now during this period of time the NFL was following the NCAA rules but the NFL soon stopped doing that in 1933 But before they did, the NFL moved the goalposts back to their original spot at the front of the goal line. This move was made necessary due to the size of the indoor Chicago stadium at the time. But in 1974, the NFL finally moved the goalposts back to the rear of the end zone, and they have since stayed there ever since, except in the Canadian version of the game where they do remain in the front. With the basic understanding of the field goal out of the way, now we can answer the question about why we don't see anybody goaltending in the present-day NFL. This is made because of Rule 12, Section 13, Article 1, Part T. And it states that, Goal tending by a defensive player leaping up to deflect a kick as it passes above the crossbar of a goal post is prohibited. And the referee may award three points for a palpably unfair act okay well if they can't goaltend a crossbar then they'll just run up and jump over the line of scrimmage to block the field goal instead well the nfl is one step ahead of them and has outlawed running forward and leaping across the line of scrimmage in an obvious attempt to block a field goal or try kick or a parent kick unless the leaping player is in a stationary position within one yard of the line of scrimmage when the ball was snapped, and a player who is more than one yard behind the line of scrimmage before or at the snap may run forward and leap, providing he does not cross the line of scrimmage or land on players. be tall enough to reach up to a 10 foot high crossbar and still have a good shot at deflecting the football as it is going through the uprights. Well, turns out there was a man tall enough to do so and he was actually the one who got the NFL to outlaw goaltending. This man is Moore Stroud Jr. And he was born on May 17, 1946 in Miami, Florida. He attended Fairmont High School in Griffin, Georgia. Went to Clark Atlanta University, which is a private Methodist, historically black research university in Atlanta, Georgia. He played center and power forward on their basketball team. And yet, despite his lack of football experience, the head coach of the Chiefs at the time, Hank Strong, saw something special in Stroud and picked him with the 19th pick in the third round in the 1969 NFL Draft as a tight end. Now, the 1969 Draft also saw Hall of Famers O.J. Simpson and Mean Joe Green get drafted first and fourth respectively. Stroud did not play during his rookie season, but he was on the active roster during the AFL Championship game. The Chiefs won that game and went on to win Super Bowl IV against the Minnesota Vikings, 23 to seven. Stroud's career wasn't anything super special. In the five seasons he was in the league between 1970 and 74, Stroud caught 54 passes for 977 yards, 7 touchdowns, and averaged 18.1 yards per reception. He only played in 69 games, and started in just 49 of those games. His highest total yardage for a single game was 93, in a game against Denver during the Week 10 game of the 1971 season. 1971 was also his best year with 454 yards and a touchdown. In 1973 and 74, we saw him catch two touchdown passes in both of those seasons. However, 1972 was his worst season and he had an outstanding 5.7 yards per game. Now, if Stroud was eligible, he would have been tied 26 for yards per reception now, the biggest reason I'm talking about Stroud is not for his offensive ability, but the fact that he stands in at an impressive 6 foot 10 inches, making him the second tallest player to ever play in the NFL. Strom knew about this height when he drafted Stroud. And so he decided to use this excessive height on special teams. He would have Stroud line up back at the goalpost and try and block any incoming field goals. Of course, the NFL saw this, didn't like it, and soon outlawed the tactic. However, it probably wasn't even necessary, because there is no record of Stroud actually blocking a field goal using this tactic.